to another episode of Bobcast. Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, live in the lounge with MK Ultra 3000. What's up, y'all? It's been a while. Uh, we had to come back on the show to chat about how life changed forever in the last week. Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> surprise Bobcast dropping in. Uh, Bob wants to talk about a um, local guy by the name of Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I do. What do you got to say about Kobe Bryant? Well, it's a weird thing, though, because, like, it's the first time that I was able to, like, really process feelings like this. And it's like, you know, I had really bad thoughts about him. 2003, 2004, like, you know, with what happened and then just the disdain between, you know, the Sixers and the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, like that classic, you know, rivalry. And then we also lived in Los Angeles, you know what I mean? And, like, I remember, like, Kobe's, like, presence looming large out there. And yeah. then, like, you know, missing home or whatever. But, like, it was the first time where, like, I grieved in sorrow for somebody that I had such negative feelings. And then it made me reflect on that being, like, you know, if you've got beef with somebody, you just got to squash it. You know what I mean? But, like, when it comes to, you know, rape and stuff like that, it's hard for people to talk about it. So, yeah, it's 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 it opened up a lot of ideas for people to, like, have conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's quite the jump off. I have a lengthy Kobe Bryant lineage history, uh, you know, growing up around here, mm-hmm. watching him play at Lower Marion, watching him play at the Palestra. Um, I actually lived in uh, Eagle Vale, Colorado, mm-hmm. right near that uh, location where all that stuff went down in, in 2000. Oh, you were there? Where I wasn't was there at the time. I lived there from 2002 until 2003. And uh, after I left, like news broke. So. Uh, there's that. Yeah, we were in LA. Uh, we were in LA when he scored 81 points. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I remember. Like, you remember like driving by the sta- Staples Center at night, like the purple hue of it against, like you know, like kind of. God, I remember. The my memories of Los Angeles really come down to, because uh, I would take the 10 all the way down to the five. No, I think it was no the 10 to the 110 to the two back to the disco house <laughs> i still remember and it's weird how we don't say that shit around here you know the nah. 76 to the 476 to the, the 202 10. i love the uh 101 and then uh yeah after that you know uh the only sixers game i ever went to was lakers versus sixers and then um and and, and the denouement of my kobe Bryant experience <laughs> yeah. um are these shoes right over here, man? Yeah, we got the Mambas. What's the name of this? Uh, That's official such a show? crazy story. It's such a crazy on crazy story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're Kobe, uh, the ninth edition of his Nike signature basketball shoe. And uh, <clears throat> how I got them, what they represent, it's just crazy. You want to get into it? What do you want yeah, to do? Yeah, Chad, I want you to tell me the story of how you got these, these Mambas. So the, the shoes for people who are listening, obviously, there is no video yet because let's face it, we're broke. <laughs> These gray, uh, intricate, um, I guess it's like a three-layer type shoe, gray with a high-top look. It does look like him. You know, it's like his flavor. Word. So here's the deal, right? Uh, We all know, if you know me, whatever, if you listen about this band called (laughs) The Starving Artists I was in back in the day, my rap name was Michelangelo. Uh And uh, 
Yeah, so these Kobe shoes come out, <coughs> right? And they're uh, nicknamed Detail because they're actually inspired by um, marble um, sculpture, you know, based on Michelangelo's work. Kobe Bryant, you know, living in Italy, respecting Michelangelo's attention to detail. And uh, these shoes are very, uh, I think they're beautiful, you know what I mean? If you're a shoe guy, Tinker Hatfield says that they were uh, the only shoe he wished he produced or he created, you know what I mean? If, if he could have had one, that would be them. Anyway, uh, so they're based on like inspired by Michelangelo and his uh, marble sculpture works. So as the starving artist, uh, I really wanted to grab them, you know what I mean? I really wanted them for my collection and uh, to wear, you know? Yeah. But anyway, uh, the day they drop, I go to 63rd Street and- What year is the drop date? 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, like right at the end of the whole like final starving artist push, you know, mm -hmm. and quit life and you know, but whatever. Yeah. What happened exactly with that? <laughs> they break up for the people who have no clue. I doubt every person knows exactly why the band broke up. Uh, well, uh, it's it kind of just it, it it lost its bond. It lost its grip together. It didn't uh, produce any results anymore, and it didn't produce. <laughs> Everything we put into it did not come out of it at all. Um, unlike my next band, Pocket Dial, where everything we put into it came right back out to us. And it did. It, it produced it yielded good results. Yeah. And There's a lot of time. great moments. The Joker gig, infamous. Wish so we had a camera crew, bro. So I wanted, uh, you know, I wanted to get these shoes, you know, because I'm a shoe guy, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the band, you know, and I wanted to, you know, make it all happen. So I get to 63rd Street off market at the Foot Locker. I'm third in line. You know, waiting for the store to open so I could buy these shoes. There's two people ahead of me. There's a LeBron shoe coming out earlier the or the same day. And uh, they go in. The first two people go in. They come out without the Kobe's. So I'm excited. You know, I'm stoked. I'm in. You know, there's no stopping me now. I walk in. I ask for my size 11. They look at me. They go, we out. I said, what? What do you mean? I'm, they didn't get the the Kobe's? Who? Where are the... He says, we got to get ours, too. I said, get the oh, fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Was he a size 11? I, apparently. I mean, wow. he had to get his, too, allegedly or whatever. I, actually, not admittedly. Not well, allegedly. the story just gets better and better as I look inside and see its inscription. Inscribe. So I ended up getting a size 11 and a half very begrudgingly. It says US 11 on here. Exactly. That's the point of the story. How I got the... <laughs> that's the magic, man. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. All right. So back in 2003, my uh, parents moved to West Virginia, right? They uh, lived in uh, Ranson, West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it was right outside of Charles Tun, West Virginia. Okay. It's a so, ton of Charles. So that's a little... Um, foreshadowing mm -hmm. so i get these size 11 and a half begrudgingly and i look at them i uh you know contemplate like you know just rolling with it <clears throat> i try them on and mm -hmm. they they know i know they just it doesn't work like they're too big like they're too big it's just mm -hmm. weird it's my little thing oh yeah yeah is that is that a problem it's a problem it's a problem for me too man but uh it's more just mental it's all whatever yeah so anyway i try going ebay i try going craigslist i try going uh, wherever I can to find people that might want to trade a size 11 and a half for an 11. No big deal, right? Not to the average Joe, right? Mm -hmm. I'll give you my size 11 for a size 11 and a half. Whoop deep do. If you want to sell them, you could still sell them. <laughs> Yo, I got scathing responses. Go F yourself, kill yourself. I'll never talk. Like, offer this little shoe trade. And I was almost like at the end of my rope when I went to a sneaker convention down Temple University. 
and I'm walking around looking for this trade, looking for a size 11 that I could trade straight up. No dice. On my way out, I see a guy carrying like a luxury brand sneaker, Mason Margella. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of them. Whatever. I recognize the name. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've seen them on the internet. I go, where do you even get these shoes? I mean, how do you buy them? I, you never see them. In, mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, I got to tell you, um, I, I live down in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, a guy I know's dad opened up a sneaker store uh, over there. And I'm like, wait, West Virginia? I'm like, that's crazy. What what part? He goes, oh, Charleston. And I go, you said Charleston, not Charlestown, which is, you know, the capital of West Virginia. And he goes, yeah, it's in Charleston, West Virginia. And I go, get out of here. I'm like, that's crazy. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, my parents live down there. I'm going there this next weekend, right? <coughs> and he's like, oh, that's nuts, man. He's like, you got to check out the shop. But he gives me a card. He has a card for the shop. And I'm walking out the door of the sneaker convention. And I call up the West Virginia shop. And I go, yeah, how you doing? Uh, good, blah, blah, blah. I said, look, uh, I met some guy. I told him the story. I'm trying to find out if I can, uh, if you have a pair of Kobe nine size 11 i could trade straight up for a size 11 and a mm-hmm. half and he goes uh let me check comes back yeah we got that yeah we could do that and i go get the fuck out of here so i go down to west virginia the following weekend wow. meet this guy you know interact my mom and mm-hmm. i go all around town she works at a tax office right across the street mm-hmm. from this sneaker store and uh, I'm able to make this little trade for this like meaningless 0.5 size, but the story of it, uh, I always find like really entertaining on how I uh, obtain these. So there you have it, folks. One That's of my, crazy, man. My uh, Kobe connections. The Mamba. The Mamba. Rest in peace, man. Yeah, it's so shocking, man. My mom texts me, Loeb Bryant, dead. And I'm like, Lo-. I immediately knew Kobe and I was shocked. I looked it up right away. And I just couldn't believe it, man. You know, it was just like, wow, he's only a year older than me. You know, he's got all these kids. Loby. And granted, you know, it's weird. It's polarizing for some because of the things he did. I saw so many interesting things on Facebook, man. People whom I can't reveal their names who were engaging in, you know, conversations about like, you know, what he had done and like how, you know, it's like punishment for, for, for doing that or whatever. And then like, I also saw... Did you hear about the Ari Shafir thing from Joe Rogan? Like he went off, Michael Rappaport retweeted him. He posted a video where he basically just said that he's glad that it happened. And right. um, you can watch watch it on YouTube. It's pretty shocking. But I mean, people deal with death in strange ways. You know what I mean? Mm. Because we all don't know what's going on. And then we all freak out. You know what I mean? Like, But his his death is so tragic because it's so... I was thinking this actually today. It's like the way he went out is also like so kobe in a way or black mamba is unexplainable you know what i mean like he was a mysterious why is helicopter in the fog it's too late you know what i mean like where they're like going through like all the things like oh we're gonna find the ipad it's too late kobe's gone and that's a sad thing man because he was a dad and he had his daughter there you know like i just can't imagine that you know but like it is so epic in the way that he he passed away and like people will never forget that you know because it's just he strove for perfection you know in his game right and then in the end, he just couldn't couldn't help himself, which is just the strangest thing. Because when you're striving to be the best, the only person that can make you the best is yourself, you know. So he had like lost all power. He really represented. I feel this area, like on a real deep, deep <clears throat> level, that like within, without. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, 
I don't I don't know how to explain it other than it's like the Kobe style and uh, Kobe style. Yeah, you gotta understand this dude was 17 on TV ESPN dunk contests. We're like 15 right down the street. So for us to grow up, you know, locally with him as a national sports celebrity, yeah, the entire country grew up with him right down the street. Right down you know the what street, I mean? Yeah. Right on TV. So like generation, gener, gen, generationally, mm-hmm. uh, it it does have a you know a, a slight you know celebrity death psychological effect on the entirety of our our lives and being so close. You know, I do get the chills thinking about it. It's crazy. You know what I mean? It's crazy even days out now, like thinking about it. I was just like, wow, I guess I'm ready to talk about it just because I've gone through so many different emotions about it. You know, it's very sad. It's very sad to be, you know, a kid without a dad, you know? And it's the kids scary. and the, sis, the sibling, you know, and the, um, the other daughters yeah. losing a sibling and a father. It's just too much. That's, you know? that's really hard to deal with, you know? Yeah, I saw uh, a bunch of late night host tributes and stuff like that towards Kobe. Uh, did you see the Jimmy Fallon one? Nah, I'm not a media savvy guy. Oh, I read about, you don't I read f- about. <laughs> okay, yeah, I shouldn't shame. I shouldn't media shame you. Don't media shame me. Media shame me. Media shame me. That's a great band name, huh? Media, media shame. shame. I don't know if it will come up number one in a what Google search. Media shame. Not watching TV. I ain't going out tonight. I'm staying in. I'm going to bed tonight. (laughs) I'm taking my melatonin. Well, yeah, the Cobster, man. Just like, uh, you know what I mean? I I remember hanging out as a kid with my friends, like hyping him up when they were all like saying he wasn't going to do anything. He wasn't going to be anything. I'm like, dude, this guy, well, look at this guy. One second, he's got it. Yeah, he's like a phenomenal basketball player, and in my older age, sports became very less entertaining or appealing to me. You know, celebrity sports, especially, except for the shoes. Um, but just the game is the same every day. Blah blah blah. You know. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't get sports, but at the time, I was a huge sports guy, man. Sports Center twenty four seven. I remember you look like you 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 dressed like you uh, worked at Sports Unlimited in the Plymouth Main Mall. <laughs> Do you remember that place with the mannequins? Yeah, that was the best in the track. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you like, walk around the store, not buy shit, just mess with everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. You know what I mean? Don't even get me harking back to them glory good old days. Glo- which- Can you imagine if we just spend a weekend back in them good old glory days? If I was like, look, man, all we got to do is go down here in the basement and it'll be 1999. <laughs> 99? 99 wouldn't be no fun. That's like the age of like new metal and... 94, 90, It'll be a good year to go. Yeah, 93. 95. I know. Let's go back in time and stop the Cobain uh, death. <laughs> Fucking death. Oh, no. The new band name's called Media Shame. Media Shame saved Shame Kurt Cobain. Shame me. Shame me. Dude. Um, I'm not the only shame. I saw uh, I saw Kevin Smith, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot last so did night. I. Last night? Not last night, but uh, a few weeks ago. And I got to say... Jeers. Jeers? Not cheers. Jeers. Jeers. Do you remember that in the TV guide? It was cheers or jeers. No, End I of, don't. Uh, <laughs> that's right. You're not media savvy. I'm sorry. Cheers or jeers. I have got to tell you. Wait, what? Jeers. You didn't like the reboot? I did not. No? Nah? It was stupid humor, man. Like, dude, he's better than that, man. The acting is so stilted and like, you've seen the film Red State, right? Yeah. The film's good. It's a good film. 
Yeah, Reboot, like that. Reboot is not a good movie, technically. Well, was Clark's a good movie, technically? For its time, yeah. Ooh. For its time. Touche. I mean, look, the Kevin Smith critique is... It's out there. Is. It's out there. I, I felt that it had like waves. There are moments like I love the nostalgia. Um, some of the jokes, uh, some of the editing was just weird. The KKK, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. What? Do you even get that? No, I, I mean, like, I just. The, 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 the Bob speech, the silent Bob speech at the cake was. I just didn't enjoy the film. Ineffective. I didn't. I, I'm past that type of humor. I know he's a. Even with the father situation? I, nah, dude, I didn't, I didn't buy it, dude. The mm. acting was bad, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> so bad. You know? Snoogans. I still love them, though. I'll give him another shot. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I saw 1917. I got sick. You got nauseous? I got a little nauseous. My my screen looked like it was coming at me. Really? Yeah. Was it all one shot in your mind? No, I could see the cuts because I'm a, you know, I work at oldies.com. <laughs> and I produce the videos. <laughs> yeah, I could see when oldies. they do it. Yeah, right? Dot com. I want to see that, but maybe I'll have to wait for the red box. Should we wear sunglasses all next week at working at uh, oldies.com? I'm going to wear a tank top. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, back to Kobe, though. It does, it it will resonate forever in time, this tragic accident, you know? And despite what you may or may not think of the man, a family's without their dad. And uh, that's the worst, you know? Yeah, my cousin, my little cousin called me up and he's like, yo, I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? He goes, yo, Kobe died. I go, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Get out of here. He's like, yo, we got to go to the funeral. Oh, we yeah. got to write a song for him. I'm like, dude, I'm like, what is going on here? I look it up and I'm just like, oh, man, that's tragic. Tragic and epic. That's the way, fucked the way up. that goes down. Like I saw like the helicopter trajectory of like how it went and it didn't make sense, man. Just, you know, don't just wait. And like the whole reason behind like why he wanted to use the helicopter was so he could do things and be with his family. Mm-hmm. But it's also a telling, th- like I was thinking at work, like thinking about it, like it's a telling thing about like, okay, so like if you want to be a good dad, right. And you're wealthy, you can achieve these things. But if you're at a lower class, it's impossible. You're in traffic on the 10 forever and that's how it goes, you know? Right. So it's so strange to me that like his, like if you think about it, his, his life path leading towards this moment in the helicopter, the perfection of being the greatest basketball player ever, you know, only to have his record break broken the night before by LeBron James, you know, like all these things leading up to making him the best. So that way he could accumulate all this wealth you know what i mean become mm-hmm. like a worldwide star mm-hmm. and then ultimately have the the means to use a helicopter to bypass traffic like this i was thinking about that dude like it's an un like anytime i get on an airplane i feel like unnatural flying dude, yeah i don't like flying dude like in general it makes me really nervous it's people still getting paid an hourly wage you know what i mean like i it's weird you know what do you mean planes like who gets paid an hourly wage here's the thing though is like okay so like when you get into a plane you are in my mind stepping into i guess like what would be called the i don't even know how to describe it it's it's you're getting into something that is not in control but what whatever like made the universe you know what i mean didn't want us flying there's a reason for it (laughs) um 
I mean, the Wright brothers are the devil. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Did you just sell me a new script? <laughs> no, man. Alpha video. <laughs> um, but no, I feel you. Uh, I think you have like a healthy uh, level of paranoia about flying. Mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, it's it's uh, it's frightening. It's frightening, dude. You get a little shakes. You got to take the. Uh, have you ever off. been in a plane when there's a lot of turbulence? Not, no, I not have. really. It's frightening. I bet I'd be a little frightened if I hit a rough patch. No <laughs> one over. Th- no one. What? No one flies over twenty five thousand feet. You know that is bumpy as shit. I want smooth rivets. <laughs> Flush, Artie. I watched that the other day. Somebody at work uh, was like, man, I, oh, it was Marvin. Marvin was like, damn, man, you're aviated. You like that shit, man? Like, he uh, don't like that one. He, uh, we were talking about favorite Scorsese films, and like, he, he doesn't think that that's considered a Scorsese film. Because interesting. Of, yeah, Howard's, uh, you know. Oh, it's, it's great, dude. Let's, Do you uh, think that uh, Joaquin's going to win the Oscar next Sunday? Who's he up against? Um, chat, 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 and chat. Mm, tough competition. I think DiCaprio. Um, I don't know. I don't DiCaprio's know the, up for it. I think so, isn't he? I don't know, man. I, I didn't look up the Oscar noms right, yet. Let me look it up for you. The predictions will flow on the Bobcast, yo. Um, what were we just talking about? The chat game. Oh, flying, yeah. Um, but yeah, Kobe though, man, creating. like he, like that's just the, that's the thing, man. It's so, like he probably thought that too. Like, you know what I mean? Like. What runs through your mind in those final seconds? You know what I mean? Like when you know that the plane's not going to be able to, or the helicopter's going to be able to clear this next mountaintop, and that's it. And you're with your daughter, dude. That sucks, man. Just sucks so bad for him and for everybody on that helicopter. You ever have them dreams where like the meteor is coming towards you or something? Yeah, I've had dreams about the apocalypse before. Yeah, I love having dreams where like I'm uh, submersed in water. To the point where drowning is inevitable, but then I just take a breath. I used to have this fever nightmare where I was stuck inside a handheld version of Super Mario Brothers from like the early 90s. Best picture, you know, once upon a time though, I mean like Parasite. I think Parasite's probably going to beat Joker and that'll just be a joke, dude. Joker's got to win. Joker's got to win. 2019 was Joker. I officially out. reached the point where I can't watch it no more. Ah, sorry to hear that. I put uh, it on after your party the other night. It's good. It's good. Inspired. Things. I just lounged. And speaking of my party, dude, I had no idea that there was going to be that gathering. My wife got me. I always used to like, you know, joke with her like, ah, you'll never get me. And when my parents pulled up in the limo, I knew then kind of what some shit was going down. But I was just like, man. Because I like cleaned the shit out of my house, dude. Yeah, like cleaning, you know. The Were you all set up at the house? What I was happened? All set up, dude. She had she had to let me do it because you know what I mean. Like, if she stopped me, then I would I would know something's up, you know. So, dude, I cleaned the shit out of my house, man. <laughs> That's a good. Uh... It was cool though, because then we had the good party, and then like I woke up the next day and my shit looked good. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Jack Strait. Welcome to the padded celluloid, right? A macabre-filled den of B-classic films with your host, Jack Strait. Right? Right. <laughs> Jack Strait coming soon to a <laughs> alpha video okay, near so you. Think, if you're wearing a straight jacket, what's another sign of... Right? 
It's all about the script. I know, the script. It's all about the script and about how we approach it. Oh, I got it, man. It's green and white and black and gray and purple and psychologically insane. And Jack Straight can go from being a psychologically inebriated man to being a straight man. There's really no problem That's a good in the way I like Jack that. The tying into the straight. Like that. Yeah, Italian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a little tying in there. Oh, it's... Uh... <laughs> there's so many noises, man. But Jack, Jack should also, like, uh, chain smoke, I think. And then after we wrap, that's when you quit smoking cigarettes forever. When he's going to get the uh, cigarettes and the padded celluloid. And that, that won't fly. What, okay, not. so what if, what's what's Jack Strait's thing? What does he like about these B movies? What does Jack Strait like about the B movies? Yeah, why does he, oh, it's because he's, he's watched so many films that he's gone crazy, right? That's it. Yeah, he's ordered, <laughs> he's ordered too many films from Alpha Video. Uh, what's his favorite movie? He's like Alpha Video's mascot. Alpha Video's <laughs> mascot. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Jack like Strait. You, you could come into my office and kill me. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets carted around town. Oh, my God, dude. Right? Right. Jack Strait's just psychologically inebriated. Some people don't get it. They're like, I'm like, his name's Jack Strait. They're like, what? Who doesn't get it? I asked two people. Who? They both didn't get it. Nah. It's weird. Straight That's like jacket. the most straightforward metaphor for a crazy I, it's person. It's a straightforward metaphor, but some people think elsewhere. They think that it's a play on sexuality. You got to get your minds out of the gutter. I know. Mm. Speaking of gutter, I just got a water pick. You ever use a water pick on your teeth? Not successfully. I remember I had one as a kid. I got one, man. I spent the money. I got it. I'm an adult. I'm 40 years old now. It's the first podcast being a 40-year-old man. Oh, wow. Congratulations. How about that? Because I am going to listen to this shit on my deathbed. Somebody oh my. sees me. Somebody sees. Right? Because I'm a U.S. man. Piece of, of equipment. equipment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the psychological inebriation is real. Let me ask you a question, okay? Mm. If you had to choose between two films to watch from now... Into the rest of your life ends that you had to watch on repeat over and over again. Mm-hmm. Between The Wolf of Wall Street and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It would have to be Wolf, man. <laughs> it would have to be The Wolf. You know it's what I'm saying? It's a good question, though, isn't it? It's a great question. Because yeah. they both play out the same way these long life stories, like, you know, of people in transition. Uh, yep, on a daily basis, I consume enough drugs and alcohol to sedate all of Long Island, Manhattan, and Queens. Uh, dude, if it wasn't for Wolf of Wall Street, I don't know if there'd be Pocket Dial. I mean, it, it oh straight up. Oh my God, up, you're right, dude. Yeah, uh, we talked about it before. We it mm -hmm. straight up influenced our whole vocabulary. It did. Um, the debauchery, the straight. He has the one yeah. hundred straight talk at the end. Straight. <laughs> uh, they probably say, "Let me ask you a question." I know, uh, homie says. Meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, these guys over here. What's the guy's name that uh, sells the lewds over there on uh, Long Island? The, let him watch. Let him watch. Let, let him watch. watch. We got that whole like that. We new, would, we like, would text each other. W a t c r h. Let him watch. watch. <laughs> uh, his name in the show. I, I, forget. I forget, but do you remember when the, he's in the diner and he's, he throws the ketchup bottle yeah. at her when she doesn't I come back four with freaking it? times. Yeah. What a great movie, though, man. I watch it sometimes on FX and I get, you know, I get dissatisfied. You get the shimmies. Uh, well, they, they have to block out some stuff. 
dude, the movie script though, I told you a thousand times. The only thing that wasn't in the film that would have been so great is in the script when he goes to Vegas. It's a much longer sequence. The plane ride over mm. there, then the whole experience in the hotel, destroying the hotel. Ah, the Caligula. They couldn't do it. All they did was the green screen thing where he looks out nude as he's uh, about to become. He gets the penicillin shot too. <laughs> Therefore, after. Straight to botch. You know Straight. What I'm Launch the ranch, man. Launch the ranch. Eve Saint Laurent. That was a good. He's one. like Eve Saint Laurent. <laughs> Steve Madden. Steve. Steve Madden. Steve Did you see? Madden. Uh, you see his posts about Kobe? Yeah, it was like Jonah Hill. Befuddled or not? Yeah. Not befuddled. That's both, the wrong word. Both his brother and Kobe are now gone. But yeah, Kobe, rest in peace, dude. I had no hard feelings now in your death. I mean, it is what it is. People make mistakes in life you know i'm sure he was very sorry if something went down or if it was kosher we'll never know but i mean like the thing is people have to treat each other better and not allow shit like this to happen so people's memories can not be skewed we should just always give it up for their their life force i guess you know what i'm saying kobe Bryant influenced millions millions of people millions you know what i mean he touched the lives of so many million people for playing a sport we all loved as a child and uh, the uh, um, randomness of a, this particular celebrity death and the uh, magnitude of what he came to be is just so jarring. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In this oversaturated media culture that, you know, it like does make you stop and think a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, about uh, reaching out to somebody like Big Shaq was saying and, you know, I don't know, man. It, it's, it, it's, you know what I mean? It's a celebrity death and you, you can downplay that all you want, but at the same time, the magnitude is hard to yeah, it's very deny. Hard. You know what I mean? Oh, what a tragic thing. You know what I mean? It was a very a strange thing too. Cause it was just like, I was dealing with like turning 40, you know what I mean? The whole stigma of it and like life, you know what I mean? And like his life was just gone in the blink of an eye, you know? A helicopter climbed to the top of a mountain in the fog. You know what I mean? Like, it's just terrible, you know? And, like, and I know people, you know, are upset on both sides of the fence, you know, for his loss and then the other thing we talked about. But, I mean, when I look back at this, I'll just realize it made me really grateful for my life as a dad as in, uh, in taking care of my son and my wife, you know what I mean? So, thank you, Kobe. Kobe. Kobe! My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of... Bob Guest. Guest.